0: Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine, broadcasting from the Oilfield Expert Studios. Oil Experts, where you get the right products right now. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bilotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.
1: Hi, and welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellato, and today we have an amazing show lined up for you. Very excited. It is our once-a-month live show in which we welcome callers to call in and be a part of the show. Uh, if you want to call in and you're interested about learning about oil and gas, asking a question about oil and gas, uh, the phone number to call in is 210-308-8868. Uh, toll-free is 866 uh, I'm sorry, I might have said the, the local number wrong. My producers, of you're saying, say it again 210 308 8867. You know, we do these live shows uh, for more of the community uh, or to the community to encourage for you guys to call in um, and learn more about energy um, and ask questions. There's a lot of media attention usually around energy, whether it's climate price of oil. What does it mean to you when you pay more at the pump? And it's really sometimes hard to, to grasp and understand everything. And what our show encourages is to call in and ask our experts a question. And that way you can get a really quick but truthful answer uh, to a question that you may have. So again, that phone number is area code 210-308-8867, toll free 866 866- 308-8867. And if you missed those numbers, you can join us on In the Oil Patch Radio Show on Facebook, and the numbers are there as well. Um, our guest today, our expert, is Carr Ingham, who is a petroleum economist, very, very interesting A guy, uh, along with a very smart guy, he's with the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, as well as we'll be joined by David Blackman, who is the editor of Shell Magazine. Uh, But before I bring them on, just wanted to cover a couple of um, events that we're having and things, uh, so that way you're aware if you want to engage with Shell Magazine or in the Oil Patch Radio Show. We are having a mixer December the 3rd in beautiful Corpus Christi at the Omni Hotel. It is set from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. As most of our mixers, they are sold out. Um, so we do encourage ticket sales early. I know Corpus is a group that tends to buy their tickets last minute. Um, I would not encourage at this time. We've had a lot of interest in this uh, mixer as our partner for this uh, mixer is the San Antonio Pipeliners Association. Uh, we will have uh, exhibitor booths as well as a great opportunity to, to mingle and network. Again, if you want some information on that mixer, please feel free to go to shellmag.com. Again, that's shellmag.com. Uh, and get some information. And let me tell you about the prizes, because the prizes are amazing. We're going to have a brand new smoker. So if you're into barbecuing, this is definitely a great smoker for you. And we're going to have a shotgun as well. So tickets are very affordable. Uh, The uh, exhibitor booths are also very affordable. We look forward to seeing you there. And hey, have you guys heard of the fastest growing advocacy group in texas let me tell you about it it's called texas energy advocates coalition it's been around for about three years and it's been growing um, quickly part of it is because it's free to join but mostly because it's like-minded individuals that want to come together and either network grow their businesses or uh, attend some of the seminars and uh town halls that they uh produce Um, i would encourage you to join teak If you want to learn more about energy are engaged in energy, want to sell into energy, this is a group for you. For more information, you can go to TXEnergyAdvocates.com. Again, that's TXEnergyAdvocates.com and join for free. Um, So I encourage you to do that as well as I know that the free membership will end at the end of this year. So if you want a free membership, join before December 31st. And now I want to bring on Carr Ingham, who is is a petroleum economist with the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Carr, welcome to the show.
2: Well, thanks, Kim. Good afternoon to you. Appreciate you having
1: me. Well, you know, we love these once-a-month life shows with the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers because I think it's it's our way of trying to get information out to the community. And I think it's also you guys have a great partnership with us as well that you guys do the same thing. Uh, there's nothing worse out there than having bad energy information since – there's so much in this state that relies on oil and gas. I'm sure you, you, you can agree. Um, and I know we'll be joined by David Blackman too here shortly. He has some questions for you as well. But before we get started, um, I wanted to, to, to have you tell us a little bit about what you do for the Alliance I and mean, what is a petroleum economist, uh, or a, a yeah, petroleum economist, and then also what is the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers.
2: Well, I'll start with that last one first. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers is simply an upstream or uh, exploration or production into the business. So um, I'm sure most folks know. Most folks in oil and gas know this. Not everybody knows this, these terms. Upstream oil and gas, that is that, the exploration and production of crude oil and natural gas. So drilling for it, bringing it to the surface, and then what happens next is called other things. Downstream sort of makes sense is the refining and processing of that, turning uh, crude oil and natural gas into um, end-use energy products, and then midstream is sort of what happens in the middle there. And so we are an upstream exploration of production oil and gas trade association in Texas. So our members are made up of uh, of oil and gas producers in Texas, uh, some big, some little. Uh, we certainly have you want them all. On our- <laughs> Uh, among our membership, uh, companies that everybody's heard of, and then we have among our members just a lot of companies that n- uh, people outside of oil and gas, and a great lot of number of people inside oil and gas, have never heard these company names. But they are great small independent producers, and Texas is full of these producers. And this is a uh, this is a constituency that we represent, and we do our best to protect um, and advocate for. Um, and so we are, we are, uh, again, a, just a, a system-wide and oil and gas upstream-wide oil and gas trade association in Texas. Uh, but we are the premier representative of the small independent producer in the state of Texas, It's just a key cog in the Texas production scenario.
1: And, you know, one thing that um, I think is important to also mention is, um, so last month we did a uh, mixer with you guys in Midland, Texas, and uh We sold out of that, and a lot of it has to do with there are so many companies, whether they're midstream or upstream, like you stated, or even outside of the oil and gas sector who want to sell into the oil and gas sector, and we were just shocked. Like, there were so many people there who came, and and it was freezing in Midland that night, and it was also the Astros' final game, and we were packed to the gills with people attending. So um, it's a great organization to be a part of, for sure.
2: Well, it's a great industry to be a part of, and – Uh, We believe we've got a great organization. We certainly have midstream and downstream companies as members. And we have, as you said, people who aren't directly themselves. I mean, their business is not oil and gas, but they have a business connection to oil and gas. And so that's what most trade associations are. It's the actual industry that you're talking about, and then it's those that do business with that industry. And we know sort of what that looks like in the state of Texas, these multiplier effects that we Economists are carrying on about all the time. That's exactly what that means. A multiplier means you've got the company or the industry that is directly involved in the business, and then you've got a second tier of companies who are direct suppliers to them. Um, so that you know they 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 furnish goods and services directly to that primary industry, and then you've got all of these paychecks from all of these companies. Um, uh, well, of course, then in turn you've got that second-tier companies purchasing their goods and services from other suppliers, right. and then you've got the spending of paychecks by all of these companies throughout the state of Texas, for example. And that's uh, uh, that's uh, that's uh, that that's how the oil and gas industry, which is big enough in terms of its direct contribution to the Texas economy, becomes a massive contributor to the Texas economy when you factor in all of these. Multipliers and the, uh, the the ripple effects uh, of oil and gas as it uh, as it makes its way throughout the entire broader economy, uh, and so we've long known, of course, that Texas is just a big oil and gas state, um, and it remains that way. It remains very much an economic driver in the state of Texas.
1: You know, um, I think part of the um, the reason why shale and In the Oil Patch has been very successful is we break it down uh, in a way, oil and gas, the topic, which is highly technical and somewhat hard to understand. I mean, if you're in it, then you understand it. But if you're not in it, and you're the average person, you really don't know, but you just get a sense that this is a very big commodity to Texas. Not sure where, where it fits in uh, sometimes. Some do, some don't. Uh, and they understand but there's so much negative uh, stuff going on and, and, and the word green being thrown around everywhere. Um, you know, is this a good thing for us to be moving to green? And, and we've had some cities like San Antonio trying to implement green plans and uh, cars that are electric. Um, it, it really is a troubling time when you don't understand the topic of energy and what it means to you if we should lose it here in Texas. And so I think with us partnering with you guys, it has really been a great match because you can come here and get the information that you seek. That way you can make an educated decision when you go to the polls or when you are uh, looking at, um, should I be supporting this initiative in my city? Should I be supporting this bond? Should I not? Um, Car, when we get back from break, we're going to be joined by David Blackman as well. And I want to get into the Texas petro index that you guys um were released that you guys released because those numbers um have an effect and i think that it's a good opportunity for you to tell us what and what in fact they were affected by and what do they mean for us you're listening to in the oil patch radio show and we'll be right back
0: and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. 210-240-7188. Again, that's
1: 210-240-7188. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bilotto, and today we're being joined... Joined by Carr Ingham, who is a Petroleum Economist for the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Carr, welcome back to the show. You you know, we got on a a little bit of a – I got on a little bit of a tangent, which sometimes I do, about how important it is to learn about energy, especially if you want to live in the state of Texas. Um, and I know I want to cover with you uh, your Texas Petroleum Index, which you guys release. But I also want to uh, uh, join David Blackman onto the show because David has a couple of great questions for you as well. David, are you there? Can you, can you hear us? Oh, yeah,
3: I'm great. here.
1: Great. Welcome. Um, so, Carr, let's talk a little bit about the Texas Petroleum Index. Um, we had some disappointing numbers in September. Um, so cover that with us. What, what, what does it mean? Um, and how long does um, how long do you foresee this lasting? These numbers, so I'll I'll let you tell us what it is.
2: Sure. Well, the Texas Petrol Index is just a, kind of an economic tracking device for the upstream sector of the business in Texas. That sector we talked about earlier, the exploration for uh, and production of crude oil and natural gas, which includes <clears throat> drilling, uh, all activities of bringing that stuff to the surface to to, uh, to then sell it. And so there are a number of upstream oil and gas indicators we can look to to kind of tell us uh, what's happening in that world, what that overall economy looks like, what its trends are over time. And then uh, as a result of that, um, what that means to the Texas economy, the regional economies around Texas where oil and gas production is prevalent, um, and so on and so forth. So this thing actually goes back to January of 1995. That's its beginning point at uh, 100.0. We've experienced a number of very dramatic cycles uh, since then. The one we're experiencing now is a little bit less dramatic, thank goodness, than some of those. Uh, But in uh, in terms of recent cyclical activity, we had a pretty good run-up until about uh, the fall, about a year ago, October or so of 2000. Uh, 18, where crude oil prices began to decline. By the way, natural gas prices were just terrible all of this time, and right. they still are. Um, but crude oil prices were driving all of this because well over 90% of the rigs in Texas are drilling for crude oil and non-natural gas. And so the um, the Texas Petrol Index kind of went sideways there until about February or so. But since then, we've had seven straight months of decline in the Texas Petrol Index through the month of September and this just reflects uh, generally lousy to at least sluggish uh, crude oil pricing, terrible natural gas pricing, a decline in the number of working rigs in the state of well over a hundred uh, uh, over the since about the fall or so of last year, number of drilling permits on the decline. Um, And then the number of oil and gas employees, direct employees in the upstream oil and gas sector finally beginning to to shed some jobs now as well. And, of course, the thing that remains on the uh, upswing is production itself of both crude oil and natural gas, although they are beginning to uh, increase at at least a slower rate, so that's something, and that reflects the slowdown in activity. But it's just the fact that we are producing record levels of virtually everything and continue to do so that just kind of has the market awash uh, in this stuff. And that's one of the reasons that prices are sluggish now um, and that activity is on the decline. But I will say this. Um, crude oil prices recently have been fairly steady, you know, in the 50 to $55 range when we're talking about posted prices, which is what purchasing companies are offering to producers. For a standard barrel of crude oil on a given day, so we're in that fifty to fifty-five dollar range, and when activity levels go off the cliff in Texas, that's when prices fall down to the forties and then the thirties and maybe even into the twenties, like they did in two thousand sixteen. No, and so things could certainly be much worse, but they could certainly be a whole lot better as well.
1: Interesting, uh, and we're, you know, is this gonna, is this gonna continue? Is it your thought that this is just going to continue we're going to see more of the same and david you might jump in here too because you're you're really good about making (laughs) a guess on where we're going with oil prices to the end of the year
2: well to the end of the year i think we're i think we're in for more of the same because the end of the year is approaching and so i think this is going to drag on into next year and then i think there's some open question about this One of the things that is of some concern is that we just have a a, a, a lackluster global economic picture, and it's just very helpful when we have really vibrant, growing, thriving economies, um, particularly in the more developed world around the globe, but also as undeveloped economies are developing, these are things that really are beneficial in terms of absorbing uh, these ever-increasing amounts of U.S. uh, energy production. And so if we had a stronger uh, global economic picture, it might feel a little bit better about this. Uh, some of the fundamentals aren't that terrible. I mean, uh, if you kind of look at uh, our inventories and storage numbers, um, you know, I, I've certainly, uh, I certainly know some folks that are more optimistic than some other folks out there. Um, right. I mean, what I'm principally optimistic about are several things. The industry has learned how to deal with these sorts of situations that we're in now um uh they have become very efficient at lowering costs um and they've become very efficient at just managing to maintain levels of production um even in a even in a somewhat unfavorable uh, uh price environment so this this really bodes well for the consuming public out there which of course is the reason we produce any of this stuff to start with um but the the concern on our part is that it's becoming more and more difficult for smaller independent producers to navigate this current economic environment, and uh, so I'd like to see prices about ten dollars a barrel higher just for those guys.
1: Very interesting. Now we're getting ready for break. When we come back, um, David, I know I want you to stay with us on the line, uh, but we do have to get to our calls. We have a caller from the Woodlands, and I'd like to see uh, what he has to say. Um, but you know you. They just ran a commercial uh, just a minute ago, and it was uh, discussing the pricing for the holidays. And I'm sure that the consumers are very happy because prices are, are relatively low and it's going to stay that way through the holidays. So at least the consumer should be happy about the lower prices as, at the gas pump. Um, we're, you're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back.
0: Hi, folks. Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio Show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200-kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators as well as battery power solutions. Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O.
1: And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and it is our live show in which we encourage our listeners to call in and speak to Kar Ingham, uh, petroleum economist with the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. And we're also being joined by David Bachman, the editor of Shell Magazine. The call-in number is 210-308-8867. I want to go to uh, line four, Joe from the Woodlands. Bring him on, uh, Barry. Joe, are you there?
4: Sure,
1: Kim. How, How are, are you? Today? Thank you. I'm. I'm good. I'm good. i I hope you're enjoying your Sunday.
4: Yes, nice and sunny.
1: So I understand that uh, you have a question for Carr um, or a question for us. But um, do you want to? I know you were talking a little bit about something that was going on in Houston yesterday, and I don't know if you if you want to talk about it or if you don't. There was some elected officials there, and um, and it, it might even. Uh, It might also be the question that you were going to ask, but um, um, I know you said you had some interesting conversations yesterday.
4: Oh, well, uh, yes, I do have a question, but I'd like to uh, answer your question about the summit yesterday here in the Woodlands area. Uh, We had Representative Kevin Brady and also Representative Danny Crenshaw here talking to a lot of uh, young people about various issues going on in the country and Um, especially with the energy industry. Um, Kevin Brady said that it's been transformational to our area uh, with uh, the energy independence that we've attained. Good. And uh, Danny Crenshaw chimed in with basically the same information.
1: That's great. That's great to hear because there's some other elected officials on the other side that are always touting the green. Uh, So great.
4: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, we kind of touched on that with uh, some of the, and that's uh, what's leading me to my question. But, sure, But uh, first, ahead. I'd like to say thanks to natural gas, people can afford to heat their homes in this record-breaking cold early winter.
1: Right. I agree. Amen.
4: I don't. <laughs> amen. Yes, I don't think the solar panels on, on the roof would be able to go through some of the frost or snow to keep the house warm. Uh, but uh, the question is, we've been hearing a lot about carbon capture technology and facilities, and that was kind of touched on in the meeting yesterday. But can any of you explain to us the, in the listening audience what this is? Is it basically for factory use, uh, such as what a catalytic converter would do in a car, or is it something to be used in the general atmosphere? Uh,
3: Well, um, Is it
4: actually needed and useful?
3: Yeah, I I can talk about that. Um, You know, it it depends on what the situation is, uh, where the markets are for the carbon. Um, The the basic idea that's been uh, experimented with in Texas is taking depleted oil fields out in West Texas at first and now along the Texas Gulf Coast and... uh, capturing carbon from power plants, coal-fired power plants, or natural gas-fired power plants, which produce a lot left of it, less of it, and uh, building a pipeline to, to these depleted oil fields and uh, injecting the carbon dioxide into the ground in order to maintain form or increase formation pressure and, and produce more oil out of those formations. Um, to the extent you have a market for the carbon dioxide, you know, uh, we, there was a carbon capture program out in the San Juan Basin of New Mexico back in the 90s, you know, and they were hoping to actually attract a market of, you know, beer beer makers or, or carbonated beverage makers who could use the carbon dioxide in their in their uh, uh, creation of their products. Uh, that didn't work out, and so that also got re-injected uh, in order to increase formation pressure. The the question becomes, of course, when you're doing doing that project, whether or not you can, you know, effectively seal off the formation to prevent the carbon from leaching back up into the atmosphere. And uh, sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't. Um, but with these these formations along the, the southern Gulf Coast of Texas, um, those all fields appear to be very ripe for that kind of a project. And I know. Uh, Hill Corp., for example, is engaged in a project like that uh, right now, Uh, one of the the big Houston-based producers. So,
1: yeah, I think
3: there's a bright future for it, and it's a good way to to get
4: carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere.
1: Excellent. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. next meeting or event at victoria college's emerging technology complex home to the state of the art conference and education center conveniently located between houston and corpus christi the center hosts meetings educational workshops and banquets for up to 300 people with the latest in technology amenities and ample parking Let their professional meeting planners make your next event a success. For more information, go to conferenceinvictoria.com. Once again, that's conferenceinvictoria.com. We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. This is our live show today, so if you want to ask a question uh, on energy, please call in, 210 308 Before the break, guys, we were talking uh, to Joe from the Woodlands. David, you were talking about Helcorp, one of the uh, somewhat larger operators out of Houston that are focusing on carbon capture. Um, did we get – is that the only um, – energy company that's kind of focusing on this? I think we've done some stories in Shell Magazine, too, that kind of looked at different um, ways well, of capturing. Um,
3: Oxy, I understand Oxy has a similar kind of project going in the, in the Permian Basin. Uh, there's been a long-existent field uh, out near Midland. It's uh, been running a carbon capture program for, for gosh, 20 years now, uh, bringing carbon dioxide in from the San Juan Basin. Uh, via a pipeline, and, and I know that. I believe. Please don't anybody get mad at me if I'm wrong. I think Texaco actually originated that project, or it might have been Conoco before the merger with Phillips. Um, but anyway, there's you know there's several around the state and, and others around the country, and it, you know it's it's a, it's a developing technology. It's certainly not perfect yet. Uh, but, you know, there there is that possibility. I mean, think of the number of depleted uh, oil and gas formations around the country right now uh, that, that could amount to gigantic storage uh, facilities for carbon dioxide in the future if, if the technology gets developed sufficiently to make it, you know, really a foolproof way to, to store carbon.
1: Interesting. Joe, thank you so much for calling in and thank you You're for welcome. following the show. Um, of course. Thank you. David, I want to get with you and, and ask you, I know you had a couple of questions that kind of were talking about technology as well, um, yeah. and so I wanted to, to ask you, go ahead and, and ask your question that you have. Well,
3: the, the first one, Carr, uh, <laughs> I've been wanting to ask you this for a month now. Uh, we, You know, uh, we have a, a presidential primary process going on with the Democratic Party, and 20-odd candidates right now vying for the nomination, and and a bunch of them, including uh, the two candidates from Texas, although Meadow O'Rourke is no longer in the race. Uh, Well, shame. But (laughs) uh, at least half of these candidates have proposed in one form or another outlawing hydraulic fracturing in the United States. Um, And, and, you know, Elizabeth Warren, uh, who is one of the leading candidates, says she'll do it through an executive order. Uh, the day she's inaugurated into office, and as you know, as an economist, I, I've been wanting to ask you, give us your view of, how, of the impact a, an immediate ban on hydraulic fracturing uh, with, would have on the United States economy.
2: Well, I've got a number of questions about this. I mean, just that statement alone raises a number of questions. Is simply the practice of hydraulic fracturing that is band with the stroke of a pen, uh, can you still drill a well and not fracture it? I, I don't really even know what she's talking about there. I don't know uh, what her what what she professes her concerns to be about hydraulic fracturing is have to do with water quality, um, or contamination, which is a non issue by the way. Um does it have to do with simply oil and gas production itself well my suspicion is that that term i'm going to ban hydraulic fracturing is really just a proxy term for i'm going to shut down oil and gas production domestically in the united states that's what that sounds like to me somebody has better information on that i'd be glad to hear it but um, but what it does to the economy is uh... i'm I'm not sure we quite understand uh... uh, just what we're talking about here Um, I'm not sure we, uh, I, I think the ultimate effects of shutting down, largely shutting down domestic energy production, fossil fuel production, crude oil and natural gas production, are bordering on immeasurable. Um, uh, and it, it has little to do, by the way, with the effects of, uh, of upstream activity on the economy, although. Everywhere there is upstream oil and gas economy, uh, activity, the economy fares better. That's true in Texas. That's true in New York. It's true in Pennsylvania. It's true in Colorado. It's true, true in California. It's true nationally in the United States. Everywhere there, there is upstream oil and gas activity. There is economic growth uh, that comes along with it, job growth, all of these things. But the but the, the, the greater concern is the consumer economy. Uh, we are an economy that runs on energy. We are a developed, highly developed economy that runs on energy. And, you know, the list of things which none of us really truly know, of all things that are impacted by oil and gas production, uh, the, thing, the list of things that are produced from fossil fuels, from crude oil, from petroleum and natural gas, um, is pages upon pages upon pages. And if you want to do without all of this stuff, fine, go down that road. Um, uh, but again, I I think the effect to the economy is virtually immeasurable, because we don't really know what the ultimate effects of this would be. I've got questions about this. Is it possible to to ban hydraulic fracturing with the stroke of a pen? It might be on federal lands. Do you get to come in and tell the state of Texas that they can or cannot uh, produce crude oil and natural gas anymore? Uh, Is it the President's job to suggest to uh, to operators in the Permian Basin that they can no longer fracture a well uh, to bring product to the surface. What's the mechanism by which this occurs? Does the legislature, the Congress, have anything to say about this? Uh, how is this accomplished? Does the EPA carry out this regulation? I mean, this is senseless, silly conversation. And um,
1: and no one like questions said, her on questions it though. About this. Yeah, the media doesn't question yeah. her on this. Like, how's this possible? And I don't think that even the general consumer understands. Where do you think you're going to heat your house, and uh, and what is that price going to look like for you if we start, you know, removing
2: Eat your house, drive your car, use your cell phone,
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: turn the lights on, right? Things that are just as basic as it gets. These are things, by the way, that have done more to advance the cause of human sustainability and quality of life than anything in the history of all of the globe. And it's just, I don't know, it's very disappointing to me, but it's mostly unthinkable to me that we are going to think about going backwards in terms of our uh, energy availability to households and businesses in the United States. And it it is bordering on, criminal it seems to me that we are going to deny the undeveloped world at this point the benefit of energy that we have enjoyed going
1: forward couldn't agree with you more let's take a break we'll be right back the vision of the women's energy network is to be the premier organization that educates attracts retains and develops professional women working across the value chain Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy.
0: Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, ma to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210 210- 240 Again, 210-240-7188. Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, anytime for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard to find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210 471 1923. Again, that's 210 471 1923. And visit us on the web at TheOilfieldExperts.com.
1: We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Um, our guest today is uh, Carr Ingham, who is with the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. their petroleum economist. We're also being joined by David Blackman, who is the editor of Shell Magazine. David, I want to bring you back into the conversation because I know you had a couple of questions. This is our last subway I don't know where the time goes. It just disappears so quickly. But It really does. I want to make sure you get in your questions that you had for Carr. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Carr, we had a report um, out of the Houston Chronicle last week, that's just fascinating to me. You know, we we over the past year and a half, two years, we've had all these issues come up that, that represent bottlenecks in the Permian Basin. You know, we had a frac sand bottleneck, and a qualified employee <laughs> bottleneck, and truck driver bottleneck, and a pipeline bottleneck. <laughs> and now the Houston Chronicle is telling us that the next bottleneck in the Permian Basin is a lack of cellular bandwidth which is becoming a problem because all the oil producers out there and pipeline companies and others are uh, adopting these high technological solutions um, that that require the transmission of a great deal of data across cellular bandwidth. And uh, I'm just curious uh, uh, whether or not your members, have you been hearing about any of these issues coming from, from your members there at the Texas Alliance?
2: Well, uh, 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 yes, a little bit, although not not too much about that one, but <clears throat> most of the bottlenecks uh, we concern uh, continue to be most concerned about and our members continue to express most of the concern about are these more traditional bottlenecks, the ones that you <laughs> uh, first referred to. That does appear to be something of a buzz phrase uh, these days. fact of the matter is when you've got an explosion of activity in a, relative, compre- a relatively compressed period of time, There's really no way to avoid these bottlenecks. I presume, I suppose I might ask the question uh, just to make sure um, uh, what people think about this. If you had the opportunity to exist and live and work in the kind of uh, economy that exists in the Permian Basin of Texas right now, um, which is rapid growth uh, in several cycles really dating back to the 2002-2003 time frame, Um, And then certainly since uh, 2000, post-recession 2009 or so, explosive, vibrant economies where thousands of people are moving to the region, tens of thousands of jobs are being added over a years-long period of time. Uh, The Permian is turning itself and largely has turned itself into the premier single uh, crude oil production field on the planet. Do you want to be there or do you want to be in some sort of... uh, you know kind of sluggish sideways moving midwestern economy where you know it just feels stagnant and not not much going on my i think my suspicion is that people would uh... would prefer to live in this kind of explosive high growth economy that just generates extraordinary opportunity that is unavailable in other places does that come with challenges yes it does in terms of housing in terms of infrastructure Uh, in terms of labor, in terms of upward pressure on prices, in terms of uh, hotel room availability, you name it. And yes, apparently cell phone bandwidth. The market is in the process of solving all these problems. The market's going to solve that problem, too. Bandwidth gets sold. And so I worry very little about these things. And I I guess, you know, as an economist, I'm just sort of a simpleton. And all I really have to say as an economist is turn that over to the markets. Let them handle this. Bottlenecks get fixed because there's an incentive and a greater incentive to address those bottlenecks, and that's how that will get taken care
1: of. Hey, Carr, you you guys just got back uh, from Washington, D.C., um, and I wanted to go over, you all were discussing your white paper. You met with the EPA and the D. Yeah. Uh, OE. Tell me a little bit about what you were discussing with these two uh, regulatory agencies. Quickly,
2: the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers wrote and then released a a white paper on produced water, produced water meaning water that comes out of the ground alongside crude oil. And these numbers are big. I mean, for every barrel of crude oil that's produced in the state of Texas, there's anywhere from three to five to in some cases higher than that more of uh, uh, the uh, barrels of crude of water that come with it so what how you manage this water is uh, is a big uh, issue an increasingly large issue and so that's what this white paper proposed to address so we rolled this thing out first in Austin back in September uh, but there are some federal components to this and some federal components to the recommendations that we made in that paper And uh, so we went to D.C. to discuss these uh, recommendations with EPA, first and foremost, because they're directly involved in some of these things. The U.S. Department of Energy has no uh, regulatory authority over upstream oil and gas operations around the country. But they do have an upstream oil and gas section that primarily exists for research, for partnerships, for things that make oil and gas better. Um at least in theory, you know, agencies of government all aren't always known for doing that. But this is a DOE under the Trump administration that appears to have, unlike the previous administration, the best interests of oil and gas in mind, which means the best interests of the consumer economy in mind. Right. And believe it or not, they have the best interests from water perspective. The DOE told us that the Trump administration has a system-wide, administration-wide water initiative that exists to solve come up with solutions to water problems around the country. These volumes of oil field-produced water are so massive that the administration, the government, is actually looking at the possibility of using produced water that is then treated uh, and uh, and made usable for some other uh, beneficial use and reuse outside the oil field. So these are the things that we were discussing uh, in D.C. It was a very helpful, very productive a uh, uh, very elevating discussion, and and uh, and again, it's good to go to Washington with an administration that doesn't appear to have a target on the back of oil and gas producers who are who have just done uh, untold um, uh, benefit to uh, to the nation. I wish I wish the nation had a greater realization of this, but I'm glad the administration does.
1: Well, you know that's what we work on every day with Shell Magazine uh, and the Oil Patch Radio Show and all of our tweets and, uh, and our social media platforms to try to talk to the average person, because it is important. Oil and gas has truly been an extremely an amazing industry in helping all of us. Uh, and, we, and it's underappreciated, but I think it comes from they just lack insight. And it's good to see that the administration is, we have an administration that's supporting the energy industry as opposed to, I think the last administration was definitely very heavy with their rules and their regulations but we are getting coming to the end of the show i wanted to thank you car for for joining us again on our live show and david thank you as well and we look forward to having you guys back on our next live show which will be in a month from now And happy holidays if I don't get to talk to you before then. In the
0: Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bilotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.